This is HPR episode 2608 entitled Battletech and is part of the series Tabletop Gaming. It is hosted by Tuturto and is about 18 minutes long and carries a clean flag. The summary is Quick Introduction to Battletech Tabletop Game by Tuturto. This episode of HPR is brought to you by archive.org. Support universal access to all knowledge by heading over to archive.org forward slash donate. And what not you need. And that means that while it's 
easy to build, well, it's possible to build really good units, it's possible to build really bad units, all, all units are covered with the same rules, so there isn't, there isn't a situation where somebody, some, somebody comes with a super unit saying that, okay, this is my favorite unit and that, that's why it's super good, good and that's why it has these stats. There's a reason behind the stats and that reason behind the stats all for each unit is the same. Uh, it's pretty slow gameplay, gameplay wise and the, there's a lot of records keeping. Like, there's a, like I said, there's tons of tables and then there's a, sometimes there comes a special cases when you, when, when you that don't come up that often and you start, you have to start living through the booklet and finding that, okay, this rule applies here and this rule applies here and this rule applies here. The rules in the main core book, Total, Total Warfare, are written really well. There isn't really that much of confusion there. They are very well laid out. They have, there's always good examples in the books. There's gorgeous art in the book and some backstories back, back there too. But mistakes do 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 happen have happened. So there's a errata online that fixes different different kind of mistakes that have have been discovered between different editions of the rule books. Uh, like I said, there's a lot of record keeping. Basically, for example, for every mech mech those big stop robots that meet a tall up to thousand tons. For each mech, there's a one A4 paper. So there's a one one A4 paper for each of those. Usually in the game that we played, we had a from two to six on the side on the side. And uh, but I really I really loved how complex the game can be and how cool cool moments they can be. Like in one game, I had a mech that was running full speed on a pavement made up and made a tight turn, and at that point the pilot who's guiding the robot, robot inside uh, didn't, didn't manage to keep the robot the mech upright, so it slipped, fall down, took damage, and because it was moving so fast, it started skidding on the pavement, grinding, grinding the metal against the pavement, getting more damage, hit to the, into a small building, went through from one wall, the building collapsed on top of the neck, and the neck continued through the another wall, and ended up up on the another side of the now ruined building. The poor poor neck was pretty damaged after that. And uh, most of the units, well, not most, some of the units, well, the necks basically have have to have to deal with the heat management. That's another aspect that I find really interesting. The mechs are usually powered with fusion reactors in the game. There is possible to have all kinds of engines in them, but fusion reactors are the most common ones. And they have lots of weapons and other equipment, and whenever the player is using that stuff, it produces heat. And the mech has some, some heat sinks that dissipate that heat, but Sooner or later, the heat starts building up, and the player has to keep track of that. They actually have to keep track of how much they are producing heat, how much 
anticipating that how how much it's building up over time. And uh, in the beginning, the the effects of the heat are small; they don't affect much. Then they start slowing you down, make make aiming harder. And as the heat keep, keep rising, the more adverse effects starts starts coming up. Your mix might automatically shut down to pre- prevent more damage. Or if you are carrying a ammunition that might explode, making a huge mess of your mech, usually ending up usually ending up in the destruction of your mech. There's some ways of getting around that, but that takes a space and weight that you don't always have. And the game is pretty sandboxy. There isn't a the while the core book has a couple of scenarios. As an example, that this this is how you can play the game. It nothing forces you to play it that way. It is possible to play one on one, like one player against another player, or four player, two versus two, or four player four versus each other, or a big game like biggest games we have had. I had, I think we had a, like five or six players on a side. At least, and I I wasn't playing in that. I was just a refer- refereeing that, and it's possible to play players versus playmaster, playmaster. So the limit, limit, the pretty much your imagination sets the limits here, and nothing forces you to play fighting. If you if you if you rather have a, some sort of exploration type of game that is possible, those aren't that common though. But the next can have all kinds of interesting interesting equipment like chainsaws or combines for if you want to run a combine harvester, spot welders, food guns if you want to have a, a fire brigade match and stuff like that. There's a, actually a completely separate class called industrial mechs. Battle mechs are these stormy robots swinging at each other, and industrial mechs are these mechs that are used in the... Well, they are basically just extension of the construction vehicles, like ne- next lo- logical steps, or illogical in some cases. But who would want to have a big robot helping you lifting stuff when you are construct- constructing a building, for example? And... Well, it's it's fun. Uh, there's a plenty of plenty of uh, expansions for the game. The core, core rule book is more than enough. It has it has like I said it has the robots, it has the vehicles and like wheeled and tracked and it has ships and like blue blue weather ships, fighters that fly in the air and in the space, dropships that are used to tra- transport things from the Orbit into the space. I mean, from the plane, from the planet to the orbit, and from the orbit through the space. And civilian and military staff. There's all kinds of infantry, protomex, molemex, and battle armors. And if you want to have even more, there's extension books that that I might talk talk later. They bring up stuff like battleships and jump ships that are used to travel between stars and the trains. In one one game we, we had a that we played we had a players had a stolen a armored train that was laden with a 
gold and art, and we are escaping with that through the desert. So, so they they have the train, and then they have a couple mechs that are escorting that, and they are being chased by the hoovercrafts, and I think there were some light mechs and some wheeled vehicles. So they are just sweeping through the through the desert, and at one point they had a really a uh, couple kilometer long bridge over a canyon, and it was a natural choke point because nobody was going to go around that or down the canyon and back up, so they had to come over the tracks. And in the end, they had a dropship waiting where they wanted to stop, and they had to actually plan in advance because it's a, it's a big train, heavy train, it doesn't stop in a short distance, though, so they actually had to think, think ahead and start slowing down early enough so that they could stop where they wanted to stop. They managed to they managed to escape in that game. And um, while it's fun to play, fun to play pick-up games or one-off games, where the game really shines is when you start playing a campaign. There's a campaign books that you can purchase. There's some campaign stuff online, or you can write your own campaign. You can have, again, you are pretty free to choose what to do. These rules don't come with the Koru book, the Total Warfare, the later, later extension, or there's a, some mercenary-related books that are somewhat older, but they talk, about, they talk about all the stuff that goes outside of the battlefield, right? If you're running a mercenary company, you have to deal with the logistics, accounting, maintenance, budgeting, human resources, healthcare, and stuff like that. We we, have, we were running one game for one summer, I think, but it it got pretty pretty complicated pretty soon, and we ended up discarding that game. But players players actually had to think when to hire people to take care of the maintenance and when the time time frame was tight what to fix and what to leave for the next day and it was it was fun. And then there's a like I said, there's a really long backstory in the game. It's it actually starts from the modern time. They wrote wrote how how the they how they came up with uh, interstellar travel travel how they started colonization uh, galaxy, and it's 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 pretty interesting. And if you like that stuff, quite a bit of that is available online. And then there's again more more extension books that deal with that. Some some are for a specific era, and some are for specific factions or units. And they have stuff like they talk about insignia and customs and history and stuff things things like that what makes they prefer and what what kind of industry that area has and so on the while the game is about big stompy robots it tries to be a somewhat realistic like the faster than light travel is possible only with a special ships and th- those ships are extreme, extremely Expensive and expensive, extremely rare, but other than other than that, it's sort of kind of 
plausible. Like they, they try to come, come up with uh, different kind of reasons why things are like they are. One, one notable thing is that while they have been colonizing the galaxy, they haven't really encountered any, any intelligent, intelligent life forms. The humans are alone in the space, in the space. There's a, there's a, they, they have encountered some life forms, but those are, aren't really that, that intelligent. And factions are, like, there isn't clear cut that these are good guys, these are bad guys. It's pretty much everybody are just trying to survive and doing what they think is, is best for, for themselves. There's alliances and broken alliances and things like that. If you are into such a thing, it's pretty interesting. And what else? I lost my thought here. Right, about the accuracy or realism. There's of course are cases where the realism doesn't really work. Like, for example, Atlas, one of those big hundred ton mechs, is when you when you do the math, it's actually so light that if it had to step on water, it would just float on the surface of the water. It wouldn't, it wouldn't sink in. And later on, if you have a, at some point the battleships, I think. When you start building bigger and bigger battleships at some point, the, the, the efficiency of the motors sort of flips and they start producing more energy than they are consuming. And it's, there's, there's a funny little cases like that here and there, but most of the time they are not really noticeable and it's, it's a game anyway. It's a game about big robots, so you, while it's nice to have some sort, some sort of semblance of realism, you have to remember that. These don't things. These things don't really exist, so there has to be some leeway there. And because it's the child of the 80s, the future they are talking about in the game is the future of the 80s. Like the computers are big and bulky, and they have funny, funny devices, and like that's part of the charm for me. But uh, if you are interested interested in a tabletop table, tabletop game where the where you can duke out with a big robot. This is this might be a fun to look at. Look at. Just don't get all the core rule books in one go, go because that would be pretty expensive, and you don't really need all of those. The Total Warfare, the first one, is enough to get you started and keep you playing for a long, long time. But I do recognize that. When, at least for me it was that when I got the first book then it was okay this, this is really cool so I want that another book because it has some extra stuff I might do an episode about the, those books later on but um, that's about it that's a quick introduction to the battle pack if you have any questions or comments please hit me with an email or even better record your own episode. I would love, totally love to hear about your experiences in the battle deck if, if you have played the game. Okay, catch you later. You've been listening to Hacker Public Radio at hackerpublicradio.org. We are a community podcast network that releases shows every weekday, Monday through Friday. 
Today's show, like all our shows, was contributed by an HBR listener like yourself. If you ever thought of recording a podcast, then click on our contribute link to find out how easy it really is. Hacker Public Radio was founded by the Digital Dog Pound and the Infonomicon Computer Club and is part of the binary revolution at binrev.com. If you have comments on today's show, please email the host directly, leave a comment on the website or record a follow-up episode yourself. Unless otherwise stated, today's show is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike 3.0 license. Thank you.